What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 82 of TLDR Podcast. Oh my God, what a weekend of NFL football, you guys. Like, if you weren't watching it, you guys missed out. Every single game came down to the wire. Every single game was super exciting, had so many great moments, and they were all a little bit different, too. They had their own kind of character to it. It was, it was, it was pretty awesome. I mean, we had a really shitty wildcard weekend, but boy, did it make up for it. Trade, I know you mentioned that that the previous week you you gave the NFL a lot of shit. Have they redeemed themselves? This uh, this last week, there were two winners. Well, there was actually a third winner, and it was the NFL fans and all the NFL. <laughs> holy shit, they completely turned it around. I mean, look, I don't think that there has been a better championship weekend from all four games. And, I mean, all of them went down to a to a final play. Every single one, and and the Sunday night game might have been the greatest football game I've ever even seen in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, the fact that the fact that there was more points scored in two minutes than in the entire Niners game, and I know that uh, you know I'm a Niners fan, I was happy they won. There were more points scored in that two last two minutes than the entire game the day before. It was unbelievable. Um, Josh Allen, you are amazing and i'm so sorry that you're not in it because you you know i think you deserve more than that heartbreaking for bills fans for sure i mean i i feel we'll get for into it i'm sure but yeah we'll get into it more uh but james um obviously saturday saturday night you were you were feeling great and i'm sure sunday you were just let's just watching football and just chill and relax but kind of the difference for you watching your team play in, in a playoff game versus kind of watching other teams and just how was your weekend and all that I think the biggest difference is that when I'm watching the Niners game, I'm like dissecting every single play and so emotional for every single play. It doesn't even matter if it was like a timeout. I'd be emotional about calling a timeout at that certain point in time. But for the Sunday, man, like I didn't actually get to watch the first game, the Rams game all that much because I went to brunch. So I was at brunch for the majority of the morning. So I missed the first half. Um, That's a good when I started what Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like after I got back into it, I was just kind of just hanging out, just sitting on my couch, just enjoying the game the way it's supposed to be enjoyed. And I, my blood pressure didn't go up. I didn't stress drink. Like I stress drank for the Niners game for every bad play. I drink a beer. I got to like 15 by the end of the night, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> it was a good night anyway, because uh, they won, but it's definitely a lot better when my team isn't playing, but you don't have that emotional attachment that you have into it. And so when the team wins or loses, you're just like, cool, on to the next one. But when the Niners win or lose, I'm either really pumped or really sad. And that's what life is all about, man. You can't just be, even kill the entire time. You got to go through the ups and lows to know what good is and you know bad is. You know happiness from sadness. You know sadness from happiness. You got to know differences. Yin and yang. James, you, you, talk, you talk about stress <laughs> drinking with your uh, with your Niners game. How do you think I felt? I had the Niners game overlapped with the Battle of Alberta Oilers game, a game that they absolutely needed to win, or else I think all hell would have broke loose. So how do you think I fucking felt that all night? <laughs> uh, I think you. I think your blood pressure, you might have died a couple of times. I'm, I'm surprised my grandparents didn't just leave because I was like all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised your dad didn't kick you out and was like, go watch the Oh, garage. my dad was part of it, to be fair. My dad was part of it. I mean, your mom and Kylie. <laughs> yeah, my, my mom and Kylie, I'm surprised they haven't, that they, they didn't just boot me out of the house. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I, I texted the, uh, the group after that, that the finish of that Rams game that I need to see a cardiologist because uh, just the emotions and I was I was legit shaking for like ten minutes after that game was over. I couldn't I couldn't. Weren't you at a museum on Sunday? Like, did you watch? Uh, this I game? was at a museum from about the second quarter through about halfway through the third quarter. 
so I missed I missed basically the middle part, but I saw the bookends. Um, yeah. So my uh, my girlfriend we had bought these Van Gogh tickets for the Van Gogh experience. <laughs> she bought them like God, we we we've had them forever, like probably like almost a year. Um, her mom's a her, her mom's an artist, so it was, it was kind of to go with her and uh, super cool. If you guys haven't gone, you have a chance to go. It's really really cool. Uh, definitely recommend it. It's, uh, super cool. Obviously, it, she didn't intend to for it to happen uh, during the Rams playoff game, which is kind of how fortunately happened. But I wasn't just not going to go because we've had these tickets for like I said, like months and months and months. Um, so I was a good I was a good sport about it. You know, watch the game on my phone on the way there. You know, turn it off, enjoyed the Van Gogh experience, and then came back to it. So, but I pretty much I I, I watched the Rams first like three touchdowns. And I missed like maybe one touchdown from the uh, Buccaneers. Um, so I watched the most important parts of the game. So um, be real with me real fast. And I won't tell Jess, I promise. When you were at that museum, were you kind of thinking about the game or were you 100% in on the Van Gogh experience? I was thinking about the game a little bit for sure. I mean, obviously I have my watch. I was trying not to like actually look at the game though and actually like enjoy the experience um, of it. But I definitely, you know, I get updates to my watch about the game. So I peaked, you know, took a peek a little bit. And, with, you know, the Rams mm-hmm. were up 27 to 3. I was like, ah, cool. And then it was like, you know, 27 to 13. I was like, oh, okay, we should get out of here and, you know, all that stuff. But uh, I did not watch the game in the museum. I was fully immersed in the experience. So I actually enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, of course, I was thinking about the game while I was there. But I mean, you can't not. I mean, you, you can't take the sports fan out of me no matter where I am. Um, but, uh, but, you know, either way, um, got to experience both some great art and some great uh, football. So it was all good. Great day. Um, yeah, let's get into the meat of this, uh, guys, and uh, James. Um, let's talk about the NFL. We're talking about, you know, kind of what happened last week and obviously with, with all the games, but especially looking forward to a couple of fantastic champ, uh, conference championship games. So, James, what do we got? All right, guys. Same thing as always. We're going to do a preview. But today we're going to start with the NFC because, you know, the Niners are in the NFC, so this will be fun. The San Francisco 49ers face off against the L.A. Rams at the L.A. Rams at Levi Stadium South. And the Rams are so damn scared that the Rams actually restricted ticket buying to only people in the greater Los Angeles area, which I think is stupid on their part. But given all the flack they've gotten and all the people complaining, they've actually reversed that as of 2 p.m. today. Pacific oh, they Standard did? Time. I didn't even they know. They did reverse it. So Niners fans can now go buy tickets. But I give you some warning here. The cheapest tickets I found was about 800 bucks. So I will not be attending those games. That's that's way out of my price range. I was like, I, yeah, I'll be at, I'll be at Tyler's house. So if you guys want to go, he lives down the street from the stadium. We're going to have some pizza and <laughs> yeah. some beer. Uh, Tyler will give away. his address later. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 10 minutes without traffic. You're anyway. basically there. <laughs> You're mean, basically just, there. Yeah, just but really far away from the field. <laughs> <laughs> You're there, but far away. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about the teams real fast. We got the 49ers who are coming off a last second field goal by Robbie, who is as good as gold, gold, uh, 30, 13 to 10 against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. The Rams, on the other hand, 30 to 27 against the Bucks for the majority of the first half, which I missed because I was at brunch. The Rams are absolutely dominating. So I don't know what happened there. But when I started watching, the bus started coming back. So that, they made it interesting. And the day the Rams prevailed. Tyler, you go first, my guy. Who's going to win and why? I mean, like, I don't even know why I asked you that question, but who's, yeah. why are they going to win? <laughs> I mean, obviously the Rams um, here. So, I, I mean, again, this is what we all on this podcast really wanted. We weren't sure it was going to happen. We were 
more confident in the, in the Niners taking out the, the Packers than we were about the Rams taking down the uh, Buccaneers. But here we go, guys. We got it. Rams, 49ers, um, Battle of California. Got to love it. Um, again, kind of the narrative here, the Niners have beat the Rams six straight, whether it's home or on the road. Um, last time these, these teams played each other, you know, it was the, the Rams kind of dominated the first half of the game and the Niners dominated the second half. It took overtime for that to happen. Um, I'm expecting another just insanely hard fought game with be, 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 between these two guys. Um, what scares me about the 49ers for sure is how good that defense is looking and that run offense, man, it's, it's going to be very, very good. It's going to be hard to stop. But I would say that I think in general for this whole Ram season, the MVP has been our defense. And if they can show up and they can do something to stop the run for the, for the, for the 49ers, I think they'll, they'll give themselves a good chance to win. You know, Matt Stafford and Cam Akers hold on to the goddamn football. If you guys could just do that, A, that game on Sunday would have been a breeze, and, and B, I think being the 49ers is much more likely. So I think, again, this, this game is going to come down to turnovers. Can the Rams limit their, the, the, can the Rams limit their turnovers? Um, if they can do that, I just think the Rams have more, more stars, more guys that can make plays at the end of the day. But again, as much plays you can make, you can make awful plays. And if you give the Niners more chances to win, you know, they're going to take advantage of it. They play very good, fundamentally sound football. That's very hard to beat. Um, so they're going to have to bring their best game, but I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um, I, I believe the Rams can't win this game, but it's going to be a dog fight and I'm looking forward to every single second of this one. Love that. Just to speak to the Niners defense and how good they are in Aaron Rodgers first drive before Fred Warner got that fumble the Green Bay Packers at eight first downs after Fred Warner punched that ball out and got the fumble from Mercedes Lewis, the Green Bay Packers had six first downs for the rest of the game, gave up eight in the first round in the first drive, gave up six for the rest of the game. This defense adapts to anything you give to them. Trade in. Who's going to win and why? Well, you know, I'm on the other side. Um, the, the 49ers are going to just keep their, keep their streak against, uh, against uh, the, the Rams here. Um, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan kind of has um, Sean McVay's number. Um, and, it, it, you know, they're, they're really close friends. They um, and Kyle kind of worked, or I'm sorry, Sean McVay worked underneath Kyle. And I just, I just think that, that Kyle, Kyle has, ha, has had the edge. And I will admit that the, that the Niners offense, and now it was very bitter cold and I'll give you that, but it, it, it wasn't very inspiring. And, and I think that if you have a lackluster offensive game, you, you're just not going to be able to keep up with, with, with the Rams ability to score. They can score. That being said, Cam Akers had 24 attempts and 48 yards. That's two attempts. That's, or I'm sorry. That's two yards of an attempt. That's, that's not going to be good enough. You're, you're playing against a Rams. I'm sorry, a, a Bucks defense that is worse than the Niners running defense. The Niners have one of the best running defenses in the game and if you can if your best running back can only get you two yards a game you're not establishing a run game and i've said this billion times you need to establish that the niners can who did who i mean you can just pick who you want to establish a running game you got you got debo samuel who's not even supposed to be a running back and he he can he's a he's a threat um elijah mitchell is a threat as your as your um starting running back and and the 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 rams i just feel like they if they let the ball, you know, get rammed down their throat, it's just not gonna. It's just not gonna um, bode well for them. Uh, with that said, you Jimmy and the rest of 
the offense needs to step up. Um, I, you know, you know, when you have, when you have Cooper cup and his ability to make plays, you need to be able to make plays at, at right, the right times. Um, that includes Jimmy, that includes George Kittle, that includes Debo Samuel, all these types of guys. It's going to, it's going to be down to if the defense can hold off the storm enough so that your offense can at least get a chance to score. Um, but you know, I mean, you, you, if you pressure Matt Stafford, he's going to, he's probably going to throw a pick or two. You got to take advantage of that. And that's the thing. If your, if your offense needs to be able to take advantage of situations and that's what happens of those types of turnovers. And you see that with the best of the best. Um, I know that Tom Brady's out, but historically, if he, if the ball's turned over, he's, he's making, he, he's scoring. And actually I would argue that that's the main reason why they didn't win yesterday because there were turnovers that he didn't score on. And that is very unlike him. You need to have Jimmy do that. You need to have the offense do that. And um, it's going to come down to that um, pressure Stafford, run the ball, keep the ball on the ground and, and move the chains when you can and stop the, the running game. Because if they, if they can't establish a running game, I just don't see how the Rams can, can come out on top. Not when the Niners which, are playing this good. Which position group for the Niners is the most important? The offense, the defense, or the special teams? Well, <laughs> if you look at their if you look at their win, it would be special teams. It might be it might come down to special teams. Um, the you know the uh, it, it it might it might just come down to special teams because you're gonna ha- you're gonna have the offense just to, scoring just enough to kind of keep in the games. You're gonna have the defense you know shut that down. It might it, it, we could see another you know, 17 to, you know, 10 game or, or 13 to, you know, or 16, you know, whatever, 16 to 13 game. I don't know, something crazy. You could see a, you could see another tight game and it's going to, it might come down to, to special teams. So in this case, I'm going to say the most for the Niners though, I will, I, I will say the most important, um, you know, group that, that the, uh, the Niners are going to have is their offensive line and their ability to establish the run and give Jimmy the time to make his throws. Todd, do you agree or disagree with that? I mean, I, I, I just, I feel like this game for the Rams, like I don't really have a whole lot of faith that like their running offense is going to produce a lot of yards. So for me, it's like they, their defense has to match that. Like they're sorry, they're the Rams running. Yeah. The Rams run defense needs to stop the Niners as much as the Niners are going to stop the Rams. I think that's, what's going to come down to. Um, I'd really just don't, don't think the Rams with how they've, especially how they performed last week, you know, as I said, can't can makers, you know, it's awesome that he's back and he has the potential to be very, very good. Um, but he's definitely not at hundred percent in terms of just his speed and his, you know, being at, at, at full uh, capacity to be himself yet. Um, kind of coming in last week of the season and kind of going straight in the playoffs is a lot to ask of a guy. Um, so I just, I, I just don't think the Rams deep off Rams running game is going to be the reason why they win it. They're going to have to match it on the, on, on the, on the defensive side period. And like, I, I agree, I think, you know, special teams and those, those, those special plays, like every little part of that, those special moments are going to count huge um, in this game. I mean, you saw it, it, it pretty much won the game. It won the game for the Niners on, 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 uh, on Saturday night. So it, it, it could easily do that again, you know? Um, so it, it, it's, it's going to come down to the nitty gritty details in this game. Um yeah, I, I, I just think from the Rams' perspective, like I just don't think running wise they're going to be able to match um, what they can do, what the Niners can do offensively. They're just, they're, the, the defense is going to have to bring them down to that same production for me. And and bouncing off that, Tyler, what, why one edge that I think the Niners have over the Rams is it's they, they are a tough tough team. They love 
getting hit. They love it. They almost thrive off of it. Debo almost lose, almost cracks a rib, and he's he, and he's still back out there. It's the it's the yards after the after the contact, and they thrive off of it. There's no team in the NFL right now that can that is like that, and that is why that is a scary team. You you see it in the NHL, and you actually you really see it in the NHL. The the, the team that is nasty, that is physical, that loves getting hit. And loves throwing their weight around. It, they they just can control games. And you know, if you like, you said Tyler, the, the Rams have to match that. They have to. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's what makes the Niners scary for me. It's just their absolute physicality and they're they're hard hitting. Um, I think the Rams can definitely be that for sure. I think they 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 have that ability to do that. Um, I think that was the biggest thing when they met when they met each other a couple weeks ago was like, you know, can the Rams match that level? And I think for the first half, they definitely did. Second half was a different story, and I've said I've said it for I don't know how many uh, how many weeks in in a row now. What version of the Rams are we going to get? And we saw it on Sunday. It's like they're they're, they're two different teams, and who knows what we're going to get? So can the Rams limit the mistakes to win the game? That's what it comes down to. Tyler, talking about mistakes in your team here, you got to pick between two evils here. Okay, you got Matt Stafford who throws interceptions when pressured, and Cam Akers who fumbles the ball when gets hit. Who are you taking? Who are you going to trust more? Matt Stafford, Cam Akers. You're going to pass the ball more or are you going to run the ball? Oh, Jesus. Um, I think with this particular game and this particular matchup, I'm going to trust uh, Matt Stafford more, which is which is crazy to say that. But I think he, I think overall he had a very good game passing against the, the Buccaneers. Granted, not probably as good of a defense as the Niners are, but he played very well, and I think that's a good sign. Uh, Cam Akers obviously had difficulty holding the ball. Hopefully he learns from that. And, you know, like I said, I don't expect him to run for more than 50 yards in this game, but as long as he doesn't fumble the ball, I'm okay with that. So, um, but I, I think obviously coming out of, off the of last week, I'd certainly have more faith in Matt Stafford um, being able to uh, limit the turnover margin more than, uh, more than Cam Akers can. I agree with that. All right. So you got Tyler's picking the Rams, obviously trading, picking the Niners. And obviously I'm going to pick the Niners. So on two to one, hopefully Niners make the Super Bowl. We'll see. I don't know if this game is first or second. Who it's knows? Second, it it's the three o'clock game, or I guess three thirty o'clock Pacific. Oh, it's the second game. That means it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Love that. I'm going to be munching on some pizza and drinking a ton of beer. It's going to be great. Oh, <laughs> moving on to the AFC. And mind you, this is without trading because Shane's going to be coaching a hockey game. Probably not paying attention to the hockey game, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> moving on to the AFC, we got the Bengals, the sexy Bengals, and Tyler's opinion. And the Chiefs, who everybody thought was going to be here anyway because it's the Chiefs. The Bengals beat the Titans 19-16. to Really close game. Jamar Chase had 100-plus yards once again. Uh, the offensive line for the Bengals is an issue, to say the least. They gave up nine sacks. Joe Burrow was sacked nine times for like 64 yards. That cannot happen again. And they also the Bengals also have pretty much the most confident kicker in the league right now, and he's a rookie. Crazy. Y'all hear that story about what he said? But pretty much no. the game was tied, and uh, they're gonna kick the they're gonna kick right because you want to win. And Evan McPherson, this rookie kicker, comes out tells Joe Burrow, he's like, "I guess we're gonna go to the championship game." He was that confident before he even kicked the ball. Love it. They didn't ice him. Gotta he just that. just went out there, kicked the ball. I started celebrating before the ball even left his foot. Like that dude knew it was going in, no matter what he did. He's a rookie. I want that type of confidence. Yeah. On the Chiefs side, they went against the Bills, forty-two to thirty-six in overtime. Absolutely crazy, crazy sequence there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had 177 yards after the two-minute warning. And a lot of people are like, 
wow, I can't believe the coin toss determined who won that game. And it's like, if you all play football, make a stop. And I'm sorry that you lost that football, you lost the coin toss, Bills. Josh Allen was great, but you also had 13 seconds to stop Patrick Mahomes at the end of the fourth quarter. Yet uh, you did not. They 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 played it. What was odd is they were playing it as if they were preventing a touchdown. And why in the last 13 seconds? And James, maybe you can uh, like give me some. I think the play calling killed him. The play calling was terrible. Like, like, how are you preventing a touchdown when you just play normal, play your 13, play 13 seconds, play normal. You don't, they just, they can't get to field goal range. You're not trying to prevent a a fucking, um, a a fucking touchdown. And you're so far back and you're just giving them the ability to move the ball. I, it it was so bizarre. And then, I mean, the, the kick is one thing, but the, the play calling at the end, I think, I I think that, that the coaching, um, coaching staff let, um, Josh Allen down. I really believe that. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I think this just goes to show that the NFL is a team game. Josh Allen played literal perfect football for this entire playoffs. Nine touchdowns. He accounted for 800 yards like himself over two football games, and they still lost. What's bizarre? Football is a team game. What's so bizarre about that is, is the play calling and the coaching. Like these guys are professional, and I'm trying to say that he's, you know, he's a bad coach. And I forget what's his name. Um, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I think that sometimes you can overthink it. Like, if you, if I were to were simulate that game on Madden, you know, uh, uh, Madden, the co- co- coach Madden, you know, the late great coach Madden has his like special plays on what he says you should, what you said he should play at that certain at that uh, certain scenario. I guarantee he's not having you play prevent. Or a, a preventing a touchdown with on the twenty five yard line and thirteen seconds left. No, he's saying play fo- football. It's a three. It's a three point game, not a five point game. Yeah, it just blows my mind. It's it's Occam's razor. Literally, the simplest answer is usually the correct one. Like, and at this point in time, he just overthought it. Play football. <laughs> Keep Sorry. it simple, stupid. Yes. Keep it simple, stupid. Sean McDermott. Keep it. Or simple, almost, stupid. almost say, hey, coach, leave. We got this defense. You go, you know what they, I'm sure the players are like, we know what to do. We got this. Yeah. It's like, it's like the Oilers. Tippett wasn't there. They won a game. Boom. They know. Well, sometimes, sometimes coaches coaching suck. is detrimental. <laughs> coaching. Yeah. Coaching is bad. Don't get a coach. Yeah. Don't be a coach. Is what Tyler's saying. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Actually, let's look at the game here. Bengals at Chiefs. Trade. Who's going to win and why? I, I can't believe I'm saying this and I'm maybe saying it because I want to have a hot take because I want to be different because I want to say Joe Burrow and your sexiness, you're, you're going to the, you're going to the Super Bowl. I want, and maybe it's a heart thing. I think the Bengals could win this game. Um, the reason I think that the Bengals could win the game. Did you just say that they were going to lose against the Titans last week? I did. I did. And you know what, um, <laughs> after what I saw and what I'm feeling, I just, you know, I, I just have a feeling and, and I'm, and I'm willing to say that maybe I was wrong. They know they lost. I think that Joe Burrow can outduel Mahomes again. He did it already this season, and I think that he can do it again. And you want to know why? Because he's got Jamar Chase and he's got Joe Mixon. And again, Joe Mixon is a running back. And James, I don't want to be a broken record, but what do I say every fucking game? Establish it. Establish that running game. They can do that. Joe Burrow did not do that against the Titans, though. But it was it was enough to alleviate some pressure. I mean, it wasn't he he didn't have a blowout game. But but you know it, it it's an option. It's it's an option, and 
you, you don't have to run for, you know, 300, you don't have to run for a hundred yards. You don't have to run for 150 yards. You just have to alleviate some pressure from Joe Burrow. You have to alleviate pressure from, you know, Jamar chase. Uh, and Jamar chase is a game breaker, man. James, you're right. He's a, he's a fucking game breaker. So is Tyreek Hill. And I appreciate that, but I just, you know, you, you look at what happened at the chiefs and, and they, they can give up points, man. I mean, Oh my, okay. Points. Let's talk about the corners and the safety, the secondary as a whole for the Chiefs. Did you see how many times Gabe Davis, and I hate the name Gabe, but it is what it is. Gabe Davis burned multiple Chiefs defenders to the point that they fell on the yeah. ground. Gabe yeah. Davis, fuck the name Gabe, Gabe Davis. Had four touchdowns. So let's take Gabe Davis out of it and put in Jamar Chase. Exactly. Like, do, oh my do, do you think the secondary is going to be torched? So the Absolutely. only thing that the Chiefs have is they have to be able to pass rush, which we which we've proven that Joe Burrow took way too many sacks, and it's gonna it's gonna be up to that offensive line to say, hey, boys, we need to fucking give Joe a chance because we we if if you look at the game tape of the Chiefs game, all we have to do is give him enough time to throw the fucking football, and those secondary the whole secondary unit is gonna be burned by one guy. That's not even that's not even accounting for T Higgins. That's another threat. He's a good and Tyler Boyd. Player. Yeah, boy's good too. Yeah, and so I, and that's why I just have in my in, in my gut that I saw that Kansas City, Kansas City had to fight for that game against the Bills, and I mean it was just a high scoring game. It, it was it was a it, the defense did not exist. We saw we saw a huge defensive game against the with the Niners, and we saw a lack of defense <laughs> Sunday night, especially in a two minute warning situation. And Jamar Chase might be the scariest receiver that that the Chiefs have faced yet. I mean, especially at this moment, jo, jo, is Joe Burrow the scariest quarterback? No. But if you give him enough time, I think that he can he has enough swagger to 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 move the ball, move the chains. It's, it's a feeling, man. It's, it's 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 this weird feeling that I think that they can do it and beat the Chiefs again. And maybe I'm an idiot, but I really don't care. Let's go for it. Uh, when they played Kansas City, was that the game that he had 500 yards or 500 points? Four, 446 yards and four touchdowns, went for 30 for 39. Like that's, no, but that's... Jamar Chase had like 53 points oh, fantasy-wise um, that game because he, he had, had like 26 yards. The ball. He, he tallied 266 yards, yep. three touchdowns, and Oh, my God. Like, th- 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 that's insane. Th- that's That's three weeks for some. That's three weeks, maybe four weeks. For most for receivers, that's their, that's their season. In, in, in some cases now uh, I'm talking like a wide receiver one, like that's probably like a, a four or five game slate. This is one game and you have a, and you have, and he's already torched him. Who's going to make a stop now. <laughs> I just don't see it. So just if give Gabriel Joe Davis can do time. it, Jamar Chase will kill. Just give Joe Burrow enough time. That, that might be a hard task to do. Tyler, yeah. who's going to win and why? I love the confidence with the Bengals. Um, and that's who I'm rooting for in this game. But I just think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to find themselves to punch a ticket to another chip to Super Bowl. Um, just the simple fact that this is a team that has done it before. They have so much experience. I trust the, the, the coaching staff of the Chiefs to find a way to win. They did that on Sunday against the Bills when all seemed lost. Um, <clears throat> and it just is really hard as much as you want, all the points you guys are making are, are, are great points at the end of the day. Like when it matters the most, who's going to be the team that's going to come out on top. And I trust Patrick Mahomes. I trust Andy Reed. I trust Kelsey. 
I trust those guys on that team to make the plays when it matters most. This Bengals team, man, they're they're exciting to watch. As we mentioned, they're sexy. I like the row uniforms a lot better than whatever gross orange home ones they've had. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just – it's hard for me when I just I, – I feel like when it comes to the playoffs, experience is really important. And the Bengals are going to get a great experience here, and they're going to be stronger for it. But I think the Chiefs are going to be the team, the, the team that comes out on top, purely based on experience. And just like I said, I think this is going to be another game where it's going to be, become a shootout. Like I was saying against the Bills, like I, this is not going to be a defensive game. This is going to be two uh, high-powered offenses going after it. And like I said last week, when it comes down to that, there's not many teams that do it better than Patrick Mahomes and the uh, Chiefs. Um, I just, for me, it, it just comes down to that. As we said, keep it simple. That's what I think about it. You can, you can look, you can look at all the stats and, and all the matchups with, with the uh, chief secondary and, and, and how good the uh, Bengals offense is simply the chiefs have been there. They've done that. They they're, they're just the better, more experienced team in this scenario. And I think that's the reason why they will be the AFC champions. And Patrick Mahomes first year as a full-time starter in which he had zero experience prior. He had one game under his belt. He went to the Super Bowl, Did he not? He did. Okay, so at that point in time, you're saying the experience Ooh. matters, but Joe Burrow doesn't have experience. Patrick Mahomes didn't have experience. Off the top of your head, who did who did Patrick Mahomes beat in the AFC Championship? Why why are you doing this to me right now? I'm just saying, like, did he did he play Tom Brady or did he play? I don't even know. Like, who who was the guy that he beat? I will in the look AFC it up while you guys talk. Yeah, look I it have up. No idea. But that, that, that would be is. my counterpoint. Would be like, hey, who 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 was the who was the dude he played? Because yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, you know, experience matters. It's not everything, you know. And there's certainly guys that get off to hot starts and and they they take the the lead by storm, and can make it in their first year. Um, not Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah, I didn't think so. Well, yeah, obviously not. <laughs> but, uh, uh, he did play Tom Brady. <laughs> oh fuck me! No, I'm sorry. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I'm no. sorry. Uh. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they had to buy that first. They were the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, want, the I Colts. want to know who the Colts. So they, Andrew Luck. 2019, does that sound right? Yeah. It was the, the year the Niners lost. So January, that's, yeah. That was been that two. Andrew Luck Colts at that point? Would have been. No. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. like, Andrew Luck at that point in time, like, he's, he, he'd been around it for a few years, but he certainly had won championships, and he wasn't this, this, this amazing quarterback. Like, I just think – I guess I agree with what you were saying, James, but you know, he's going up against like probably the greatest quarterback that we've seen in the most recent memory other than maybe Tom Brady. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's a lot to take on. Um, like I said, my heart is with the Bengals, but when I, when it comes down to picking who's going to win this game, like I just got to go chiefs on this one. I like your points, uh, but I'm going to start with trade and say the Bengals, the Bengals are playing on borrowed time. They're not – nobody expected them to get this far. Everybody expected the Chiefs to get this far. And with expectations comes a certain amount of weight. And sometimes people crumble under that weight. Yeah, the Chiefs proved me wrong last week. They were put up against the door and they busted through. But also you have to add the fact that uh, Patrick Mahomes rushed for more time – rushed for more yards in that game than he has in the entire season combined. That's a one-off. That's not going to happen again. He had a 34-yard run. That's not going to happen again. They're not going to risk that this close to the Super Bowl. So what are you going to do? Is he going to have that? If those those he had 69 yards total rushing, I honestly doubt he's going to be anywhere close to that this upcoming game. 
And when you take that part of the game away, that takes a little bit, puts more pressure on the rest of the game, puts more pressure on, on the receivers, on the running game. I like the Bengals are playing on borrowed time. They don't care. They're literally just playing to have to play. No expectation. They don't think they're going to win. So they'll just do everything they can. They're doing opposite of what the Steelers are doing. The Steelers went into this and they were like, oh, yeah, we have no expectations. We're going to lose. So we're just going to, doesn't matter. The Bengals are taking this and was like, all right, people don't believe in us. We'll use that as motivation. Steelers were like, all right, cool, we're done. Just going to lay down and fall. The Bengals are an intriguing team because of how far they've come with how little they have. And it's a team-based game. And I've said that multiple times this, this podcast. And the Bengals are playing like a team. The Chiefs are playing like a three-man workhorse. You got Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Outside of those three, who's really performing? Obviously, the defense isn't. CEH, maybe. Jack McKinnon, maybe. But outside of those three, if, they get, if one of those gets shut down, they're in trouble. If Jamar Chase gets shut down, oh, here's Tyler Boyd. Oh, here's T. Higgins. Oh, here's Joe Mixon running down the lane. They're multifaceted, while the Chiefs rely on three people. That's what it comes down to, in my opinion. There's there's one thing there's one thing that the the Bengals can can do, and I think I think that they look at they look at the Super Bowl last year, and and the way to beat Patrick Mahomes is to make him run for his life, penetrate that offensive line, and you can win this game. I mean, he looked. He looked useless in the Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen him with that, that's talk about pressure. That's that's the be, that's the biggest pressure. He cracked. He he was crushed. And you just do that and for and you know, I don't know you're going to you're probably not going to force him to to pick. he doesn't throw picks. He's not going to fumble the ball. But if you if you hit him, he doesn't he is not a guy he he does not like to get hit. And I think if you can find a way to for, to 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 penetrate that offensive line that's how you win. That's how you beat the Chiefs. Honestly, I also think it's the power of the people. The people don't want to see Jackson Mahomes anymore. So the people are going to vote for the Bengals. So Jackson <laughs> Mahomes is no longer people's so TikTok he's for your pages. <laughs> We're just going to rally behind the fact power that we hate people. Jackson Mahomes. Just, just so will it to happen. He's fucking face anymore. Will it? Absolutely. America. Will it? <laughs> so go Bengals. Two to one Bengals <laughs> right now. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much the playoffs this week. Just two games. It's kind of sad, but also very exciting. Yeah, getting down to it, guys. Um, like I said, that Niners-Rams game, it's going to be fucking so fun. James will be over trading. Sorry, you have to work. Uh, but we got to do like a live stream or something in that game, James, and just freaking <laughs> just go after it. I think it, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be awesome. Hopefully you guys are watching on Sunday. Uh, thanks, James, for that great breakdown. Uh, when we come back, we're going to switch it up. We're going to go to hockey, as always, with our boy trading. We'll be right back. With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting 
dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's dimer like diner with an M as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking hockey again. Uh, trading another great week of oh, another great week of hockey. What do we got this week? Yeah, I mean the, the week was kind of. Uh, I actually struggled to find some good some good stuff in terms of of good news. Um, and and I guess on that note, we'll start with uh, sort of some some upsetting, some sad, some some news that I don't like to bring up, but we kind of have to, we have to, we have to um, discuss it uh, this week. We, uh, we not, and now this didn't happen in the NHL. I do want to preface that, but it did happen in the ECHL. It did happen in the NHL. Um, two individuals, um, uh, two, two players of um, uh, two color players were kind of, well, they, they were straight up. They, um, they, they were the victims of a couple um racial gestures made towards them on the ice um they did like kind of a um you know a, a monkey um type of type of gesture towards a player to, um and unfortunately and fortunately the the winger um so the the two gentlemen are uh boko Mama. he plays for the uh he plays for the um tucson roadrunners and the american hockey league that's the uh that's the uh, arizona coyotes affiliate um san jose barracuda winger christoph um Harabik, if you if that's how you pronounce it, I was suspended of 30 games for his uh, racial gesture towards um, Boko and Mama. That was just that was just on um, January 12th. And he had he had been suspended um, earlier this week, a little late, but at least he did it. And then shortly after in the ECHL, um, Jacob Panetta um, um, of the Jacksonville Iceman, um, did a very, very similar gesture to PK Subban's younger brother, PK Subban and Malcolm Subban's younger brother, Jordan Subban in an e- in their ECHL game on Saturday night, um, did a very similar racist taunt. And, um, actually if you, if, if we counted, this is actually the third incident in, in a month, um, that this has happened. And, um, just, just to preface the, the players did make the, the players did make their statements, um, apologize to be better, blah, blah, blah. Um, problem problem was is they 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 tried to explain that it was more of like a, a tough guy gesture as much as, as much as it was a, a more more so than you know like a gesture uh, like a monkey type of gesture the problem i have with it is we had seen a suspend for, for if, especially jacob panetta we saw we i mean um the the, the guy prior did say the same thing and and so jacob panetta saw that this guy 24 hours earlier had been suspended for the same gesture and, it, and at what point do we realize, regardless of what the gesture is and what it and, and how you believe you're, you're, you're um, you know, giving it, you, you have to be a little bit more, a lot more self-aware, right? I mean, whether the gesture was, was nefarious or not is not the point. It, it, it's what that gesture may represent to other people. And clearly we're not learning. And, and that, and that, I think that, that, that part is, is, is the saddest part. And the reason I, I have to bring the, even bring this up is I have said for the longest time, um, you know, a few years now that, 
that hockey in general is is a very is a is a very exclusive club and mostly from a socioeconomic perspective and and i think that hockey is missing out on a lot of key athletes a lot of a lot of the top athletes in the world and and it's 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 moments like this that only make that from a from a social and from a mental perspective an emotional perspective even harder for for the color barrier to be broken and you know it, it's 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 discouraging it's 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 disheartening and it's so crushing for these types of players that work so damn hard to to make it and they they and, and have the opportunity to be some of the best best athletes in what I in what I believe is truly the best sport on the planet, and um, and, and it just breaks my heart that we still haven't it, it, we haven't learned just simply that your actions mean something to other people and and I mean I, we just have to be we just have to absolutely be better than that um, you know if if you see a gesture that that someone was suspended for and it was construed in some way, whether or not that, that, that gesture was, was meant to be nefarious. You, you think you would learn <laughs> to not do that um, because of the way that it just is, is construed in, in, in the real world. Um, so I guess, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll switch it over to you guys. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this or if this is the first time you heard about this, Tyler, um, just, just your quick thoughts on it, on it. And, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I had heard heard things about it. Um, it's obviously disturbing, um, as you mentioned. You know, the fact that you know one incident happened, and then very shortly after, the very similar incident happened. It's like, yeah, have some fucking feel, dude. Like, it it, it really is amazing that some people just don't seem to get it. Um, but I do think that you know people bring attention to it you know, and, and I'm glad that the leagues, you know, handed out suspensions and hopefully that, you know, that will continue to happen um, for these types of incidents. You know, I think the world is so much more, it's smaller in that sense where these kind of events are becoming more and more known. I think the more that that happens, the more change, I think we'll see change rapidly. At least that's the hope. At least that's my hope. As much as disturbing it is, is, is to, to hear this, we're still trying to change. We're still trying to be better. And there's going to be bumps in the road to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's good that we're, we're not tolerating it and we, we, we shouldn't. Um, so as, as, as disturbing as it is, especially, you know, them happening so close together um, in the, the same sport, you know, obviously I think hockey has had its issues in that area as, as you mentioned, fortunately, um, I hope it changes, you know, I would, I would love to see more diversity in, in hockey. And I think, everyone agrees when you have diversity in anything, it only brings about better, uh, just a better product overall with, with whatever it is. It doesn't have to be sports. It can be anything. Um, the more minds you, and the more backgrounds you get collectively working all towards the same goal, it's going to create something beautiful. So I hope hockey learns from this and then, and they keep moving forward. I know, I believe that hockey and I think in general is trying to move towards the right direction. You're going to have a few bad apples in there still, you know, unfortunately, you can't always get rid of all those. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna miss a few of those. But as long as we're addressing it, as long as we're, we're, as we, as long as they make the message that these actions have have consequences. Hopefully, the, these types of incidents, you know, get fewer and fewer. You know, with the hope that it never happens again. Um, but I, yeah, I guess that's my two two cents on that. Uh, James, I, I don't know if you researched the the topics or heard about it. I just kind of want your thoughts. You know, I, I think that your your perspective is probably even 
holds more weight in this situation. Uh, to be honest, I did not research this because I figured you'd, you know, give us the whole rundown, which you did, which is fantastic. Uh, but I think this is the perfect example of showing us how far we have to come still and how far back we are. And let's keep in mind, this isn't going to change overnight. This never has, this never will. This is a product of some deep, deep social conditioning that we've had since we were little. And it's just something that our culture has and has to fix, but we can't fix it at our, at our level. We can make repercussions for it and we can make adjustments to how we react, but the soul base of it and the deeper meaning of it, we cannot do now. That has to come generations after us. Based off how we react today, we can educate others and hopefully that will bleed in and seep down to a point that the cultural change happens and we're no longer socially conditioning younger generations and people under us for years to come to have racial to have just racial violence whether that be physical emotional verbal it, you see it all the time and it's just something that people of color just live with because you can't change it now you can do all you want we've had all these laws saying that this is bad yet it still continues to happen this needs to change on a social level to the point that it's not even a thing anymore but it's going to take time and continuing to justify and put repercussions on actions like this is the right step, but it will take time. Yeah, it, it definitely will. Um, you know, in closing, it, it, it just, it just breaks my heart because, because this, this sport is already not accessible to, to enough people. I mean, I look at some of the best athletes in the NFL and, and, and in the NBA, I, I would, do anything to see Tyreek Hill play hockey. I would see anything to see, uh, to see LeBron James play hockey. I think th they would, they, they would absolutely change everything. And, 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 it, and, 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 uh, and those types of athletes um, just, we, they just don't have the access to the game. And now if, we're, if, if they have some, you know, emotional barrier and, and some other, you know, social barrier that they have to, that they already have to um, overcome, that's just, it, it, it just, it just restricts hockey and it, even more so. And, um, and I, and I'm glad that we are making the, the, the proper, doing the proper repercussions and making the right steps um, to increase that diversity, because I believe that hockey is for anybody and anybody, everybody and anybody um, doesn't matter where you come from, who you are. Um, th this to me, hockey has uh, amazing people in it. Um, the majority of people are great. And, and, and it's a sport that, you know, fosters a lot of love. Let's get everybody involved and get everybody connected. Um, the game, the game is is worth it. The game is really worth it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna flip. We're gonna turn the page. We're gonna we're gonna bring in some good news. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Victor Hedman. I mean, I'm sorry that we. It seems like we talk about him a lot. Um, and I'm, and I'm sorry, but I do. I talk about him in, in all of our circles. Like I he, like he he is the epitome of what every team needs like if you could copy and paste victor hedman like you, you need to <laughs> I, I don't think i've said his name aloud before well i will today for the first time ever <laughs> you're about to. I don't, yeah <laughs> because um last week last tuesday sorry tyler bring this up um the the tampa bay lightning were going into a game that day um against the la kings and they and we we found out that three of their defensemen were were injured, and they, they with the cap structure the way it is and and everything, the the Tampa Bay Lightning had no way to bring up any 
defensemen. So they were going into the game with four defensemen. Um, um, Victor Hedman came and had a real press conference and he had the biggest, biggest grin on his face. So excited because these, you know, to him, this is the type of game that he can be like, this is another thing I can accomplish. I've already got two cups. Um, I already got a, a, a Norris. I can finally do something that is like super special. Well, he certainly did in 30 over his, his game high, 32 minutes and 37 seconds of time on ice. The guy scores three points, two goals and lifts the, uh, lifts the LA Kings up over, I'm sorry, lifts the Tampa Bay lightning over the LA Kings in what I would say is probably the greatest game of a defenseman this season. It could be the greatest game of defenseman in the last two seasons. Um, it, it, it is nothing short of amazing. And, and afterwards he had the, you know, the biggest shit eating grin, just so proud of what his team did and what in, you know, in, in a sense, what he did and it, 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 and it just goes to show that Tampa is just one of the, one of those teams that doesn't matter what you've given, given front of them, they're going to find a way. And I just wanted to kind of ask you guys, James, what are your thoughts on Victor Hedman? I mean, I know you've never said his name, but I mean, just given this situation and also his his extreme success with the Tampa Bay Lightning, what what are your what are your thoughts about Victor Hedman? There you go. Just said his name for the first time out loud on this podcast. Uh, I've always kind of been a fan of this dude, to be honest. Uh, from my from the get go, he like all the headshots of him. He's like a grim looking dude. Like he looks like he looks scary. Like he's got some issues. But then you look at his press press conference and he's smiling. And he's you look at his stats and he's one of the best point getting defensemen to play. Like he right now is 44 points through 43 games. That's more than a point a game if you do the math, because 44 is really 43. You know what I mean? Uh, but him playing at 4D was great. He played 32 minutes, like you said, and he was happy about that. But to the detriment of the team, because you turn around and you win that game against the Kings. You play the Ducks on Friday and you get destroyed five to one because you are too tired to play against the Ducks. You lost five to one after being the Kings. You good for you, Big Tedman. You played a lot. Oh, wow. You you're, you're really going there. I, I, I actually can't believe that you're going right now. You did not recover fast enough. Recover <laughs> faster next time. Wow. <laughs> get a Norma Tech. I, I, Seriously, what are you doing? Go get an FHA. Go, wow. go hire Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit what what Dude, trade, trade is beside himself right now <laughs> i can't believe that <laughs> i was not expecting that tyler please save us from the slander that that is coming out i'm not of saying it's bad i just, I'm well, just saying i really not recovered fast enough yeah i mean i, I obviously really wish the, the wish the schedule was flipped and the kings played the 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 uh or the lightning played the kings after the ducks there but what are you going to do? Um, first of all, that game was crazy. I think it was actually going on while we were recording last week. Um, and there was, oh, it was, yeah, it was Tuesday night. <laughs> it was back and forth. There was like shorthanded goals on both sides. It was wild. Um, unfortunately, the lightning there, like late in the third period, really took over and kind of made that game out of reach. But um, on a completely separate note, I was proud of my Kings for hanging in there for 80% of the game. Pretty cool um obviously yeah Victor Hedman coming in there you know what I love about this is I think for me and I don't I don't know if this is a different take on it like <clears throat> you know Victor Hedman's a great defenseman awesome for me this is what I love about sports is and I think that's what's great about when people talk about like why you like sports blah blah, blah. it's these moments where you learn like 
it, it, it teaches you these, these life lessons that you can have this dude who obviously he's at the top of his craft. He's one of the best to ever do it, but it's not about that. It's about his attitude. It's about his attitude coming into this challenge. Like, okay, we have four defensemen. You're going to be basically playing half the game against a solid team. Um, and he goes out there and has an amazing performance. And that wasn't because, I mean, it was A, because of his talent, but B, also he had a great attitude about it. And you don't have to have a lot of talent to have a great attitude, period. About anything in life, if you're, if you got something that, that's happening, and you have a challenge in front of you, if you have a good attitude about it and you put your nose down and you work hard and you, and you do your best, only good things will happen. Um, so for me, that was kind of my take from it. Like it's, it's, yeah, I mean, Victor Hammond's awesome. They're back-to-back champions. He's the greatest, you know, one of the best defensemen of our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know that, <laughs> but like learn what, learn from this dude and learn from the fact that he's coming in this game with the best attitude ever. And then he goes out there and he performs and I guarantee you it wasn't a hundred percent because of how good he is. It was a huge factor in, in the way he went about his business. And I think people need to go about that and everything in life and not whether you're a, you know, all time Stanley cup champion defenseman hockey player, or, you know, you work some nine to five job that you think is boring, but if you go in there and you work your ass off, only good things will happen. Like life's all about the right attitude. So I think for me, that's what it's about. Um, so good for Victor Hedman. I mean, he beat my Kings, but I mean, the fact, just, just the whole attitude that he had about it and having this smile on his face that, you know, we're, down to defensive, but we're going to have fun and we're going to be exhausted, but it's going to be awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, James, I know you have a point, but yeah. to me, th- this, this situation, this is, this is what separates good from great. These are moments like these, right? I mean, you, he embraced having, having to play 32 minutes. It's something that he was like, okay, now this is just another thing I can, I can, uh, I can accomplish. And that's just, he, he, he's, he, you know, he, like you said, Tyler um, and James, he has that attitude that is just, you know, infectious and, and, and such a good leadership quality and kind of representative of what this Tampa Bay team is like. And I just want to, you know, go to you, James, how are you feeling about the Tampa Bay lightning? Do you, do you think that they could pull off what I think would be almost near impossible, make it to the Stanley Cup final again? Uh, I mean, like I had said last week that you guys all give me shit for, I think the lightning are going to take the Atlantic. They're going to win that division. I said that, and y'all were like, no. Is it the Panthers at the Florida. top right now? Panthers, yeah. It, the Panthers are better. They have Kodak Black. He's the best fourth liner ever. <laughs> okay. The Lightning, man. They have Victor Hedman, who is a – he's a crackhead. Let's be real. He is a crackhead. Nobody plays 32 minutes, unless you're he's Seth Jones in the overtime, and be happy about that. He's, he just loves the game of hockey so much. And it just bleeds into his team that it's like not even passionate anymore. They're not, they're not passionate about the game. They just enjoy the game to the point that their bodies are willing to break down and they don't give a crap about it for that time, for the time being until it's three days later and they play the ducks. They don't care about it at that point in time because they're just having so much fun. And that's the kind of hockey that you want. Their play, it just shows you, you watch them and you you get good vibes. It's not this brooding, like, sad thing that you watch it's not what victor hedman's headshot looks like it's what victor hedman's press conference looks like and that's how they play yeah um you know before i pull it over to you about the this whole team tyler this is a team that lost their entire third line in the offseason and i at that point and i maybe was an idiot and didn't give enough credit to where it's due i was like "Ooh, this team's not going to do well you don't got 
you, you don't got those key th- uh, third line guys. And, and I'm telling you to make, to be a consistent um, cup, um, a cup perennial or a perennial cup contender, you have to have a strong third line. I mean, that it's just, it's just reality. The first six, I mean, they're, they're the best. I mean, who cares? It's, it's the bottom six that matter. And that um, so, and, but Tyler, I mean, this team it, you know, it is just behind, you know, Florida in the, in the standings, this team doesn't really give a shit about their standings in the, in the, you know, as long as they make it to the playoffs, that's all they give a shit about. But how are you feeling about the Tampa Bay Lightning right now? I mean, they're right there. I think that they always have been, they always will be. Um, I think it just goes to prove that you, you know, when you have players come and go up, you, you want your core intact, but those uh, secondary pieces that just tells you that they have a great system in place in the, the front office and their coaching staff that they can bring in they, they, they know the type of players that they want and that they're, that they're, that their coaches can coach and make them successful and that's going to make them successful for a long long time um, there's a there's very few teams in every sport that kind of have that figured out and really know how to do it well and the lightning are one of those teams and they do it better than probably at, right now any other franchise in any sport period right now um they just they know how to win hockey games they know what they want they go out and get it it doesn't always have to be the the, the same dude they have their core intact but the, those those supportive pieces are so underrated and they're so so important and there's teams that get that and they know what they want and they go get it um so yeah i mean for me the lightning there's no reason to think that they don't that they're not the favorites to win the eastern conference again they're not there's no reason to think they're favorites to win the Stanley cup again repeat I mean, at this point, like, fucking why not? They give us, they've, they, they've given us no reason to doubt them, right? Just none whatsoever. You can, keep, you can keep finding little nitpicky things. The Lightning just keep winning and they keep doing it great. So can Lightning strike thrice is what you're sure. saying? <laughs> why not? I mean, if that happened, I mean, I, I mean, Eric will come on here and say, oh, well, the first two were frick, or the first one was a bubble. The second one was a shortened season. It's like, okay, now that they, now that if they go through the whole season, they can't do it again. Like, come on, like, how do you not, you, um, appreciate you know, it. give them the dynasty tag. Um, yeah. They are, they are incredible. Um, and I, you got to watch out for them. And on the other side, we're just going to move on. We're, we're going to talk about the other side of, of, of the, of the standings and what happens you know, with fans, we've seen, we've seen it a few times this season. We've seen jerseys hit the ice in three, maybe four of seven, actually maybe five, five of seven um, Canadian teams this season. We've seen it happen in, uh, I know we've seen it happen in um, Vancouver. I know we, I believe we saw it in Calgary. Um, we've, and I know we saw it in Ottawa, if I'm not mistaken, but most recently in Montreal, most recently we saw it twice now in Edmonton. Um, and you know, not that I want to bring up just my team, but you know, we've seen it, we've seen it happen quite a bit and I'm not sure Tyler or, and James, I don't, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a, 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 a Jersey hit a baseball field or a football field that have you guys seen that? Yep. I've seen trash being thrown onto a football. Yeah. Field. <laughs> but, but never, but ever a Jersey or sweater, like I've seen Jersey. No. Um, I, I guess I just want to kind of get, I mean, t- before I give you my opinion, I just want to get your kind of guy's opinion. I mean, to me that there's, there's a mental issue. There's a, there's a mental thing, you know, that might impact the players, but it's also, you know, you're a fan, you're a paying fan. The team's not doing well. You, you deserve, you deserve every bit to do whatever you want to your $150 Jersey that you bought online. I, be my guess, but it just, James, do you think it, do you think it's actually a negative thing for a fan to do that? And do you think that it, 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 could just drive more issues in the locker room maybe 
Well, there's two different ways to look at this, um, but the way the route I chose is, I think, a little bit different than what you're expecting me to say. Um, in terms of a fan, it's a little bit disrespectful, and it's it hurts your pay. Like I, jerseys, like you said, are expensive, and throwing it on the ice like that and you're leaving it is it hurts. It hurts the players. It hurts the coaching staff. It hurts the every, it hurts everybody. Like nobody really wins from that, right? And the coaches and the players see that. And they feel like they're letting people down. And I, the thing that I'm going to take from this and kind of liken it to is a breakup. Because getting your jersey thrown on the ice and that disrespect hurts you as a player. And it forces you to kind of look inward and introspective and be better for that, to be better to not feel that same way again. And maybe we saw this in Edmonton recently because they finally won a game after losing so many straight after yeah. the jersey was thrown on the ice. And it, in a breakup, like you, look in and try to improve yourself day in and day out. But it takes a long time. It's happened in Edmonton twice now. And so they, I think they finally got the message that these people are the people who are, who are supporting us, who are coming to our games, who are spending the money, and they don't care anymore. They paid money for the ticket, and they've thrown $150 jersey on the ice. That's just screaming that, like, they, they're done. They're over it. The, the relationship that they've invested so much into – they can no longer invest in. And as a player, you're like, wow, these people supported me from the get-go. And if you're Connor McDavid, who was drafted there, they've supported me since I since I was in the AHL. They've seen me come all the way through, and they've been there every point of the way, and now they're done. They're over it. That's a wake-up call. And it's disrespectful, but sometimes it needs to happen. Sometimes in order to grow, you need to be hurt. And that's what I'm seeing right now. Tyler, what, what are your thoughts on this? Do you, do you hate it or do you... Are you okay with it? Um, I mean, you never want to see that, right? Like, it, I think I, I have seen it before at baseball. Uh, the Dodgers fans, I've seen do it. Um, it happened after uh, Clayton Kershaw blew another lead late in a game, and uh, Dodger fan threw his Clayton Kershaw jersey on the field at Dodger Stadium. Um, so I've definitely seen it um, there. I definitely understand the frustration in that in that moment. I personally would never throw my hundred jersey out on the field. Like I paid too much money for that. I'm keeping it. I, I understand the frustration. It definitely sends a message for sure. It sends a message to the fans. It sends a message to the team. Um, I think it's a fairly nonviolent, peaceful way to show your frustration. I think there's certainly a lot of worse ways to do that. Um, so, you know, you're still throwing something on the field play, which is against the rules. I'm not saying people should keep me to do that, but it's not like, you know, starting fights in the stands or, you know, people throw beer cans on the field or trash on the field. Like I think that's attack like, them on Twitter and like, yeah. Or like verbally oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Oilers are, worse. I mean, we're not even going to get into that. They're terrible for that. Yeah. So there's certainly a lot of worse ways to, to, to do to your frustration. I think that that's a good way to just kind of just be like, you know what? I'm fucking done. You just leave. And it sends a very powerful message. And I think one that I think you don't have to say much, you know, you're not just saying, really not really saying anything. It's, it's just an act. And I think it speaks for itself. Right. Um, so, you know, but I don't think, I don't, I don't want to see any fan base go through that, you know, but there's some, there's some fan bases that are very, very passionate. And at one point or another, they were very used to winning the Oilers fan base, you know, in those, in those Gretzky era days were very used to winning. And there's generations of Oilers fans that know what that's like. And now we're in this generation that just, even though they have a Gretzky like talent on their team, that's what they expect. Like, Oh, we have, we have this second generation Gretzky guy 
why aren't we winning four Stanley Cups in 10 years or whatever the hell it was? Um, so it, I understand the frustration and we have that passion in the fan base. They're going to be passionate in both directions. They're going to be passionate when you win and when, when you win four Stanley Cups in 10 years. And they're going to be passionate when you can't seem to make the playoffs when you have the two best players in the league. Like you're going to see it both ways because that's, that's passion and passion goes, unfortunately it can, it can go both directions. Right. Um, as James said, that can happen in, in relationships as, as well. So, um, and, a, and a fan has a relationship with the team and sometimes it can get ugly. Um, so like I said, I, I, I don't, I don't love to see it. I don't, I don't encourage it. Um, but I will say in terms of other ways I've seen fans show frustration, anger, it's not the worst way to do it. I think, yeah. You know, like it's fair. Like I said, it's fairly harmless. It's I think it's more harmless for the person that loses that jersey, you know. But as, as long as they don't, you know, try and directly aim it at someone or anything like that, you know, um, you know, it, I, I, it definitely sends a message, for sure. Yeah, to me, I just, I just hate the visual. I guess I, could, you, I guess you kind of agree that the visual sucks. Yeah. But my thought is, if you really want to send a message, don't go. Yeah. Stop going. Because as soon as that really sends a message, though, because oh, it app. You want to know why it sends a message? Because you because teams make four to five million dollars per game. If everybody just stops going, all of a sudden the owner starts to get starts to lose some money. He's having but not everybody will go, and he's not having to to and he's not getting anything back in return. And then all of a sudden the owner's like, oh, maybe just fucking maybe I should fire the person who is putting my GM in 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 um in the position that he's in because the team is not built well it's not it maybe just maybe the owner kind of wakes up and says wow we're actually start i'm actually starting to lose money because this team is not built to play in this nhl don't go just don't Quick go question, real fast how hard is it to orchestrate the entire like the entire fan base to not go to a game versus oh, oh I, I mean, you, you can't you can't exactly but it, but instead of but as an individual instead of, instead of paying 150 dollars and then another 800 to go to the game don't go. Don't just make a make a statement and don't go. Hashtag stop, don't go. Stop watching them. Like, how is that not bigger impact when you're starting to get an empty stadium in a, in a time where, you know, we're starting to get at least Canada starting to get fans back. Don't fill the stadium then. Don't and look, Edmonton's already already raised prices in their in their arenas and it's pissed off a majority of Edmonton Oilers fans and. And it's only going to the ones who can't afford it. And now we have guys that now we have the guys that have the ability to pay for it, throw the like the fuck that man. I if if you if you were really that if you really wanted to send a message, I think you just don't fucking go. Stop going. Send you want to send a message, send it to where it hurts the most and make the make the fucking owner do something about it. Because the owner has the ability to change anybody. He could fire whoever the fuck he wants, he can hire whoever the fuck he wants. But if if, if your team's going through 20 seasons of this and you, you, I'm looking at Vancouver, I'm looking at Montreal, <laughs> make them hurt it. Make them where, make them hurt where it really hurts. I mean, throw a, a Jersey on the ice. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. Hurt him. Really fucking hurt him. You know? And, and unfortunately fans are too, are too hyper and they want, they'll still go, but you know, I, I think you just don't go. I think that's that eventually will send a bigger message if enough people can go to your point, James. If enough people can not go, but on um, an individual note, the best you can do is throw a jersey on the ice. But you're not, but to me, you're not doing anything. You're just, 
I mean, you're not hurting the owner, but you're you're hurting the team. You're hurting the team, and the you're personnel. sending and 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 I and I have said this to my family, and I'll say this to you guys on on this podcast. If we don't make the playoffs, don't expect if one don't don't be surprised if one of the two players asks for a trade because because they will, because they will, and it's when your fans are toxic, when your media is toxic, you see it in all over Canada, and you're seeing it in some some places here in the United States. Toxicity is not good for a team that is fragile, and this team's and you know the Oilers are fragile Montreal's fragile by adding that extra layer you're just making it like it, to me jerseys hitting the ice is, is just is this the toxicity that a team that is that fragile doesn't need just don't go and make and make the owner do something about it don't hurt the play don't, don't hurt the players the team's not built well <laughs> that's the that's the problem they're built terribly and so make them make a change that's what I, I. That's what I've been hoping for the longest time, and maybe that's just me and being me, me yeah. being on my. I, mean, I think I think that's a, that's a really great fantasy. I don't know if that's really realistic, but you're right. I it's mean, I not. think that's definitely the best way to do it. If like every single fan, if the whole fan base was like, we're not going to go to a game until you <laughs> make a better team. Like you're right, that would create some serious, real fast change, real quick. But they won't. It won't happen. To James's point, it's they a won't. Great, it's a great. It's it's a great movie plot. It is. You should write a screenplay. <laughs> it's gonna be five minutes long. Yeah. What? Like people will go to the game to make a change. People go to the game. End of story. Okay, make it a fucking what? Make it a fucking short movie. I don't. Fuck don't be a director. Film. Please don't be a director. Nobody's gonna watch it. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna write you know, the screenplay. And I'm gonna win an Oscar. I I I, I, right. I just have to talk about it. I have to air my grievances. Um, you know, we won a game, but. We didn't, we didn't, we barely won. Our goalie bailed us out, out, you know, good for him. He had a great game and I appreciate that. But so that's all I got boys. That's all I got for hockey. It's uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell them right now, if the Oilers would have lost on Saturday, I would, I would not have been talking about hockey. I was very, very close to texting guys and said, I'm doing something else. Cause I would have been just fucking over it. Mm. Over it. Hashtag don't go. Um, I see. I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, Traden, for another great uh, hockey segment. Uh, we're going to finish off the podcast when we come back. Guys, the Winter Olympics is coming up, so we're going to do a classical debate between the Summer and Winter Olympics, which, which version we like better. So stick around. You're going to want to want to hear our takes. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. We got the last segment here, episode 82, and we're talking the Olympics. Uh, we had the Summer Olympics just last summer, and we are already got the Winter Olympics coming up next week, February 3rd, uh, opening ceremonies for the uh, Winter Olympics in China. Um, I personally love the Winter Olympics. Uh, we talked off air. James has apparently never watched the Winter Olympics which is as a sports fan, is, I'm like, is true. it's crazy. So I don't know how well you're going to do in this debate, um, <laughs> but we're going to see what happens here. Uh, we're, I'm arguing because everyone loves to argue like which, which one is, is better, the Summer Olympics or the Winter Olympics. Um, I think it's fascinating. I think there's, there's great on, things on both ends, but I'm going to go through five different kind of matchups here in, in sports on both sides that I feel are, are, are kind of similar. So we're going to go one v one. And I'm going to go around the horn and ask the boys, which one would you rather see? Like, if you had to pay money to go see either one of these events, which one are you paying money to go see and why? So we're going to start off uh, 
with the went with the summer Olympic sports swimming. So that, I mean, this can be any kind of event of, of, of swimming. It's a very popular event for the summer Olympics versus speed skating. Another, another really can be fast paced, exciting. You got those, the, the longer tracks to be seen, but you got short track uh, speed skating, basically a race of who can be faster, right? That's basically the essential, just ones in the water, ones on the ice. Which one do you like better? Which one do you like watching better? Um, James, I'm interested to see, cause I don't know if you've ever watched speed skating or even know what the fuck I'm talking about. But if you had to pick, which one are you going to and why? I think I've seen a clip or a picture of speed skating one time. Okay. So I'm going to pick that. Reason being, I'm picking speed skating, is because you watch swimming and the majority of what the swimmer is doing is underwater. You don't really get to see it. You see their head every once in a while. You see their hands every once in a while. You see their, their feet kind of doing the little flipper thing. <laughs> you guys should watch YouTube. I'm just, yep. <laughs> but for the most part, like you don't see 90% of the swimmer. So it's like, you kind of get to see it based off of the graphics they put on the television. And you're like, Oh, Michael Phelps is 0.3 seconds faster than the person behind in front of or behind him. But in speed skating, you can determine that for yourself. You can literally see who's in front of them and seeing all the actions they're doing, which I would tend to lean towards seeing more of a person doing their craft than less of a person doing their craft. And so that's why I'm picking speed skating over swimming. Like it, Traden. What do you got in this matchup? Well, I'm simply s- selecting speed skating because, I, n- look, I know that all the that no one can swim at an Olympic level, but there is a, a vastly less amount of people that can skate. Simply just be able to skate, let alone um, let alone at a, at an Olympic sp- um, skating level or uh, speed level. Now, that the the really cool thing about speed skating and that that I absolutely love, whether it's short track or long track, is that unlike swimming where you're, where you're staying in your lane, these guys are, 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 you know, they, they start out staggered kind of like they do in, um, on a track and then they, and then they, and then they, you know, are right behind each other. And, and there's a little bit of a, of a strategy on, on when to pass and how to pass. And, and, you know, you can't clip your, you can't, you can't trip them. And th- there's a lot of controversy that kind of comes up. So it's just very, very exciting to see it happen before your eyes. Very similar to what James said, you're seeing these guys skate and gals skate, um, and there's, you're seeing them like, like race each other. It's, I mean, I know that they're in a, they're in their individual lanes and in, in swimming, but they're actually, you know, touching each other and rub and, you know, rubbing up against each other. There's a little bit of a battle and, um, and it's, it's, it's just fantastic. Um, so it's speed skating is, is, is definitely the winner in my book. Yeah. So, I mean, I love watching Michael Phelps, Kitty Ledecky do their thing but it's got to be speed skating. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and watching Apollo Antonono and his short track speed skating and how good that guy was. James, look him up. He's, 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 he's basically, I'm Michael so Phelps proud of you skating. for actually pronouncing that without a stutter one. And it sounds like it's correct. Like, I don't know if it that's is, correct, correct, but you said it with so much confidence that I'm like, wow. Well, I was that. this, this dude, this, this guy, like he got me in not only to speed skating, but the winter Olympics in general. Like I, yeah, he's I mean, he was, he was, he was, he was so invigorating to watch. Um, and I, what did I say? Invigorating. That's a great word for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I loved it. And I, I, I remember I, in, in my uh, backyard, I drew chalk and I had roller skates and I drew my, myself a little sh- uh, short track speed skating track. And I went out there and I pretended I was uh, a Palo Ono. Um, and the, the, like that, but we that, agree that short track's better than long track, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, short track is one of the fun, the most fun sports to watch. It's just oh. so it's just a clusterfuck of people trying to get around the track as fast as possible. It's so much fun to watch. 
And like anything can go wrong at any point. Like you can have an amazing race, but if one dude slips and bumps you, you're fucked. Like it's just oh, such God. a crapshoot. It's like it's it's wild. Yes. Um, so obviously something that do people get limbs cut off? No, I haven't seen that. I mean, I don't think it's happened. Um, if you slip and fall, somebody just with the super. It's pretty crazy like, that no one really does get cut that often because yeah, with how crazy, many actually. collisions that do happen and how close they are and how much they bump into each other, you'd think more so, like something and, that. And these more often. these blades are are single edge. They're not yeah, even they're double edge, sharp. so they're yeah. like ridiculously sharp. Yeah, my razor is single edge. Wild. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay, so speed skating, Winter Olympics, wins round one. Let's go to round two. Um, I got more of the uh, more of the artsy kind of sports. We got gymnastics and we got figure skating. Okay, I think these two are pretty closely related. Very, very beautiful sports to watch. Just athletes doing their craft at an exceptional level. Um, so, James, gymnastics or figure skating? Which one are you watching more? I'm going to watch more gymnastics, and the reason being, I'm going to kind of bounce off Trayton's point of speed skating and how a smaller population of people do speed skating versus swimming. There's a lot of exclusivity and specificity that goes into gymnastics. It's not just anybody who can train to be a good gymnast. They start from a very young age and genetics plays a huge role in it because if you become too big, if you become too tall, you're not going to be a good gymnast. There's a certain mold that you have to conform to and it's training, but it's also like what your parents are like. It's very exclusive. It's very specific. And if you don't fit within that mold, you cannot participate in gymnastics at a high level. Figure skating, I'm assuming that if you train really hard and you're really good at it, like Trayton's looking at me, I'm probably wrong because <laughs> I've never watched figure skating. <laughs> but <laughs> my opinion is it's it's more exclusive. To, it's harder to become a gymnast at an Olympic level than it is a figure skater at an Olympic level. Trayton, okay. what do you got on that? <laughs> um, figure skating for sure because it – it matters how, not only how much training you have, but the kind of person, but the kind of what your parents or what kind of person, you, you know, what kind of, if you're lanky, whether you can't be a big person that, that just figure skates, you have to have, you have to have the right mold. You have to have the right, if you're too big, you can't make the, you can't make the jumps. You can't make the, you, okay, you can't what get, James you said. get off the ground. Basically what James said, <laughs> Except you're doing it on again, ice. you're doing it on ice. <laughs> so I would, I would, I mean, I, now with that being said, um, gymnastics, I think is a lot more technical. Um, there's a lot more different individual things that you have to do, um, in figure skating. And, and, and the reason I even say figure skating and a little bit biased because my sister was a figure skater and I saw what, you know, the types of things that she had to do, there's a lot of technicality to it and remembering routines they're very very similar in in their makeup but i would say that you know gymnastics has a lot more upper body strength a shit ton more upper body strength much more core strength um and so while i enjoy watching figure skating more because i just appreciate the skating and i and i and i grew up watching my sister figure skate i i i'm i'm gonna tell you that they're the the athlete the gymnastic athlete is a better athlete than than a figure skater i will admit that yeah i would agree with that um this is a tough one for me like i i really genuinely appreciate the athleticism and the and the skill it takes to do both of these sports um but i'm gonna take gymnastics by a hair um just because i like the variety of it more like figure skating for the most part is more or less the same basic thing um, it is amazing to watch figure skaters do what they do, like the flips and turns and they land it. It's, it's unbelievable, but I think gymnasts do very similar things in, in, in their, in, in their sport. 
it is just, it is the epitome of athleticism is gymnastics for me. Like that's just people flipping and doing, doing things with every muscle in their body at an exceptional rate. It's just the athletes in gymnastics are just unbelievable as, as, as Trayton said. Um, and, th- and that's no disrespect to figure skating. I, I, I honestly really do enjoy watching figure skating. Um, <clears throat> but I think just if I want to watch an event between these two, I'm going to go gymnastics just because I love the variety of the events. I love the athleticism. It's just, it's just crazy to watch. So I'm there, gonna go there's one issue, one major issue with ice with figure skating and it's, it's very subjective. J- judges can be yeah. very subjective and, and it, it, to the point where it's absolute bullshit. Um, you don't get as much that in gymnastics because it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to kind of to tell if they you know, landed their, landed their move correctly. Yeah. I think there, there's definitely subjectivity to both, um, but you're right. I mean, figure skating, it's even more, more so. so for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So summer Olympics wins round two. So we were, so we're one, one so far uh, going into event number three, I got track and field, lots of different events that incorporate that. So this is track and field as a whole versus skiing, snowboarding. Again, lots of different skiing, skiing, snowboarding events as a whole. <clears throat> um, this was one that was kind of tricky to compare. I understand, but I think just, um, I, I picked this just because it's a very broad sport and, you know, skiing, right. There's like, there, there's the half pipe skiing, there's the alpine skiing, there's the long jump snowboarding, there's snow cross, there's the half pipe. There's a lot of different events. Same track and field. Amazing, there's, like, dude. there's like 50, I feel like there's like 50 different running events in track and field. Right. So it's like, you know, there's just a lot of events going on. So what do you want to watch? You want to watch people run fast, throw things far, uh, throw heavy things a certain way and with, with, with racing, or do you want to watch people basically slide down a hill in really cool, fashionable ways? What do you like better? James, what do you got? Variety is a spice of life. We talked earlier about diversity and how that is, you know, really cool. So I'm going to go with track and field. Um, but you, a second ago, you just mentioned all these things about pipes and jumps and skiing. I don't know what that is. Okay. Let me just preface that. I thought skiing and snowboarding was just going down the hill, like you had said, in a fashionable way, like Sean White type stuff where you do flips. Over that's one of them, but there's half, also the half pipe. Yeah, that's half the pipe. only thing I know about <laughs> skiing slash snowboarding. But in track and field, so many events. If you want to watch somebody run for a long period of time, like 20 minutes or so, sure, go watch that. If that's not your thing, you want to see somebody run nine seconds in a 400, go watch that. If you want to see somebody use a pole with a team and run around with a holding a pole thing, watch that. Do you want to watch people throw heavy objects that weigh as much as Tyler? Watch that. (laughs) It is what it is. There are so many things you can do and so many things you can watch in track and field. And I think it's a little bit more relatable because most people have gotten outside and ran. (laughs) And so you know what that's like. Not everybody has gone out to a mountain and snowboarded or skied it's a little bit more relatable to watch somebody do something that you're like wow that was tough i couldn't run more than five steps and this guy's running three miles in 20 in 16 minutes crazy and skiing and snowboarding i've done it one time i did not know how to stop but that feeling isn't ingrained as me in me as much as running is and so i I think the relatability of it makes it makes me more interested to watch track and field versus skiing snowboarding I like that trading. What do you got? Yeah, I, I, I love track and field, but to me it's, it's, and I, I'm, I already, you already know I'm going to pick everything on the winter side. Yeah. I mean, but, I figured, but I, I, I'll, I'll say, it, um, I'm going to, 
Tyler, if you don't mind, I'm going to say all hill sports, including bobsled, luge, um, because it's all kind of hill sports. But I'm also going to look at skiing and snowboarding uh, in particular. The biathlon is something that is amazing. It's oh, very it's very biathlon. similar to the the, cro- the cross country running. Most underrated sport in the Olympics. Oh, 100. percent you you cross country ski. Yes, you cross country ski, and then you have to then you have to quickly pull out a rifle, hit targets, and if you miss your target, you're actually penalized. and you know you're you're having to bring your heart rate from you know a a high level to a to almost zero so that you can make your um you know you make your shots um the 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 snowboard cross is something is 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 incredible (laughs) i mean it's so much fun to watch james just so you know it's four four snowboarders going down the hill and they're racing down the hill like hitting each other it's it's amazing it's like who can get down the hill faster huh can you carry a weapon with you? Like, can you hold the No, but there's like this? jumps and stuff and, 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 you know, they're going through this track. It's quite amazing. It's, um, um, Michaela Schifrin is, is my Olympic crush right now. She's, mm, yeah. she's an absolute oh, no, incredible sorry, Alpine skier. Um, Alpine skiing is, is incredible. Um, you know, all the half pipes, the moguls. I mean, I, it, to me, it, it doesn't matter what type of skiing I've done. I've done a little bit of kind of everything. I haven't done like, um, you know, crazy stuff, but I've, I've skied moguls. I've skied, I've skied, you know, down a hill. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how the hell they're doing this at triple my speed, triple, if not quadruple my speed. And I'm a pretty damn good skier. I can, I can, I can hold my own on a, on a single double black, you know, double diamond, uh, double black diamond run. Uh, and for them to have to do that at a higher level, the ski jump, I mean, I just, I absolutely love this, the, the, the hill sports. I absolutely love them. Yeah. Again, another tough one for me. I think the hundred meter dash is one of the most exciting Olympic sports period. Um, super fun to watch. Um, I love everything trade. you said, I think, I think the, the downhill sports are also just insanely, insanely fun to watch. Um, I just think that ski snowboarding just has more fun things to pay attention to. Like I, I, I think the, Snowcross has completely revolutionized that that um, sport. I think watching guys like Sean White do their thing, like it's unbelievable. Like, and it's just, and when you have appreciation for the slope they're on and all that stuff, it, it's wild. Um, so I'm gonna have to give the edge here to ski and snowboarding, um, but it is it's it's a close one. I think some of the greatest events um, are are track and field, the Olympics. I will say, I think probably one of the most lamest sports, though. However, is a ski sport, and that's the long jump that's to me that's like i, the most, the long I think it's it's the most boring sport to watch like you're you're, you're watching sure. the same thing over and over again and like all people all, all dudes are doing they're just going off this insanely large ramp and they jump off and they land that's all it is and i understand it's like and the the, the difference of like of margin of error is so small because it's basically like there's five really good long jumpers in the whole world and they're trying to you know win basically inches to see who can jump further it- it's, it's quite amazing though, that the body is parallel with the skis. I mean, think about that, that like, you, you, like these guys are making their bodies. It looks with skis super going, fun. Like it looks super fun to do just as just me watching it. I'm like, I, I don't want to watch. I can, I can long jump. It. it just is really boring to watch. Um, so it, they, it has some events that aren't as fun, but I also don't really like watching the, you know, 1600 meter race either because it just takes forever. And I'm just, I don't really want to watch people run in circles for 16 minutes. Um, so moving on. So I think winter Olympics won that one. So it's winter Olympics two, summer Olympics one, we got two more events left or two more matchups left. This next one is kind of the more obscure sports. The ones that people probably don't know if people agree they're actually, they're actual athletes or not. 
Uh, so let's go. We got table tennis, all right, a.k.a. ping pong, against curling, all right, a.k.a. ice shuffling. Which one do you like better? Um, they're both, again, sports you can probably play when you're 80 years old and still be pretty damn good at it. So, James, I don't, do, you, do you know what curling is, first uh, of all? I've seen it. It's like you have a general. I'm idea. sorry to people who are curlers. Like your mom apparently was a curler. I always thought it was a joke. <laughs> Ouch. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I know what it is. But my pick is going to go to tiny tennis, aka tiny ping tennis. pong, <laughs> aka table tennis. Because again, the relatability of it. Yeah. How many people have played tiny tennis? Traden has. Tyler, when you go to Chapman Brewery, you play tiny tennis. You can. I mean, if you went to college, you probably had a ping pong table and you didn't use it for ping pong, but it was still there and it was accessible to <laughs> you. So you therefore know what it's like. Curling is so obscure. Like it's you roll this thing that's ice on a thing that's also ice. <laughs> and then you have this Swiffer thing and you're Swiffer. taking away friction with ice upon ice. And I'm confused, but in tiny tennis, you're hitting it to one side and it's, you get a point. Voila. Tiny tennis takes it for me. Trading, I'm, I'm assuming you're you're gonna go with ice shuffling. Yes, um, and and the reason being, I mean, it's uh, my, my so my dad and actually most of most of Canada knows and has if they haven't tried curling, they're they're very interested in it. Have you tried and, curling? And, and I have not, but uh, but my dad. I don't know if my, I think my dad may have, but he is very, he knows the game very well. And, and that's at first, if you asked me like four or five years ago, maybe is um, it a bocce eight, ball eight years ago. No, it's, it's a big stone. It's a huge stone. It, it is bocce ball. I guess you could say it's, it's it, you know, yeah. it's very similar to shuffleboard. It's, it's shuffleboard. Yeah, it's I shuffleboard. Um, and w- there's a lot of strategy involved and, um, and, and how you, how you place your stones and, if you asked me like eight years ago or two, or two or three Olympics ago, I would have said, "Oh, table tennis all day." But yes. since I since I hung out with my dad and he's kind of showed me, he's like, "Oh, this is what you should do here. This is what you should do here." I'm like, I appreciate it a lot more, and and I'm starting to like look at it that way, and that's why I appreciate it a lot. Um, you know, t- 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 although table tennis is amazing to watch, it I, curling is just because I know the game, it makes it easier to understand. If you don't know the game, I mean, nobody's liking curling. I understand. <laughs> Can we appreciate the amount of noises and reactions that you get from tiny tennis? Like those people are hitting the ball so hard and we're like, Wah! Wah! yeah, it, it is quite amazing, but I, I find it really amusing um, that the guy that's curl, the actual curler is yelling so loud. <laughs> like he's like yell as if they're like stupid. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it. especially no, especially because especially because you see the other um, other countries and you can't understand what they're saying they're just like yelling yeah. in their in their language it's just so funny it's awesome do you get special shoes to watch. for that huh yeah you get yeah. special shoes okay yes, so you, 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 actually, you actually have two shoes that'd be more yeah. impressive if they you were out there in shoes. nikes <laughs> you have spikes on one side and you have one that is is, sl- is slippery so that you can slip you kind of like shuffle it yourself across <laughs> um yeah curling takes the cake hands down for this one for me um i love curling i don't really don't know why i like it so much but i've always been super fascinated with curling i think it's super fun to watch and that's why for the purpose of this segment like it's watching it the, the watchability of it for me curling a lot of people really don't like it i think it's super fun to watch i, I don't know why i just really enjoy watching it but i do 
table tennis i love fucking ping pong i love it. i love playing it i think it's what's one of the most fun games i love to mm-hmm. play at a, at a brewery or whatever i remember in college we, we, had a, we had a ping pong table and i played that all day long i, I love playing ping pong i i call it ping pong that's what i call it um watching it in the olympics is kind of a letdown it's there's like at the most you'll get like three returns they're they're so good they're almost too good for their own good and they're <laughs> and, and they basically act like they're ninjas and it's a little kind of over it's kind of over the top to me just the way they do all this shit and they're like and they just freaking like, <laughs> hit the thing and like and it lasts like two seconds and it's just like it's like this might it's be just, the best youtube episode we've done <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i i just don't vibe with olympic table tennis um it's just tiny it's table you know one tiny tennis olympic I, tiny tennis yeah um, <laughs> but i freaking love playing ping pong dude set me up with a ping pong table i'll take on anybody like i love playing ping pong it's super fun um but in terms Trade of watching it the olympics um also I've, I've never i oh it's a bucket list item for me to try curling and to and to to learn how to play curling i would love to do it one day uh my mom also has that dream so it's it's our dream to do that at some point so um still still on both our bucket lists so hopefully mom and i will get to do that some someday let's make it happen um moving on to our uh, winter olympics takes that one i think winter olympics already clinched this debate here um but we'll move on to the last one i think and this is the big one kind of the two major most exciting team sports in both the summer and winter Olympics and in the summer Olympics, we got basketball and in the winter Olympics, we have, we have hockey. Um, so I think I kind of already know the answer maybe to both of these hockey or sorry. I, I actually answer, don't I know, know you've seen about hockey. him. I know you know, I don't about, know about hockey. Him. I, I know you know about hockey, but when it comes to Olympic hockey, basketball, which one, like if you had to go to the gold medal game and you're watching the gold medal basketball game or the gold medal hockey game, which are you going to? And you have to choose one. Obviously, that's the whole point of this segment. Is that me? Who are no, you going James. first? Sorry, James. Did I not oh, say James? you didn't Sorry. say. No. Sorry. I'm James. picking hockey. Just kidding. I'm not picking hockey. No. Reason being is that I'm sorry, Traden, but basketball is a little bit more well-known throughout the world than hockey. Oh, you don't have to be sorry. It's, that's the damn truth. Yeah. And like you had mentioned earlier, and it, it's based off socioeconomic status. For the most part, you can go outside with a basketball and a hoop and find a park and play basketball. You can go outside in the Philippines, have a basket on a tree with a ball of some sort, and you have basketball. In hockey, you need skates. You need a stick. You need pucks. You need ice. The entire world does not have ice. So the, the majority of, this, of the world is more in tune with basketball than is hockey. And the more people play basketball, the more parity there is between other countries. And in hockey, there's like a select, there's maybe 12 countries who are really good at hockey, right? And our, that's just a made up number. I have no idea if there's actually 12 or if there's more or less. But in basketball, almost every team is competitive. Up in, I mean, like for the longest time, it was just the USA that was really good. But as of recently, Spain, oh my God, Spain dominates. Like every country is going to compete in basketball more so than hockey will, because I think hockey is more centralized. Mm-hmm. And that's not when you talk about gold medal games, when you get the best of the best, that's a tough question. It's really just going to come down to which sport do you like more, hockey or basketball? Mm-hmm. At the end of the, like, if, when you're looking at the championship game, because both teams are going to be very competitive. But as a whole, 
when you're looking at basketball, Olympic basketball versus Olympic hockey, I'm picking Olympic basketball because the majority of the games will be a little bit more competitive and you're getting a variety of play styles. It's not more, it's not like in basketball as a whole, there's so many different ways you can run an offense. There's so many ways you can defend. European basketball is very different than USA basketball. Spanish basketball is very different than the three, two. It's people play more zone. People play more man. And the variations between that and the intricacies between every single offense is incredible to people who know what they're looking at. Um, I, obviously, I'm a casual fan of hockey, and there are probably different offenses in hockey, but I don't think hockey has enough variability in it to have the amount of differences between cultures and play styles that basketball does. And that's why I'm picking basketball. I like that. And you can argue that's what the Olympics is all about, right? Um, Trade, what do you got? I mean, I, I already know what you got, but why, why hockey? <laughs> uh, because it's best on best in the sport that we don't normally get that. Um, and you know, we, you typically have, you're getting a lot more players from a lot more countries now and they're the, the competitiveness is getting, is, is getting up there, but your gold medal game is most the gold medal game you ask for is a Canada versus USA, especially in the women's, but even in, especially in the men's too. Um, you don't, <laughs> For some reason, and maybe this is this is just what I had, had read on, uh, you know, had read in some um, circumstances. A, a lot of the NBA, some of the NBA players decided not to go. Like they didn't, they weren't interested in going. Every single NHL player would give up his left nut to go to the the Olympics. Like seriously, that, that's how much it means to them. And 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 it really showed this past year when when you know they got they got axed on that. Like it, it is genuinely affecting them, and it's and it could genuinely affect the, the 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 future of the CBA that much. That's how much they care and to go. And uh, when you do get that best on best, it, it's some of the best you, you see some of the best hockey we you've ever ever seen. Um, you know, United States versus Canada is huge. Russia Russia versus United States back in 1980. Like what. The, the the miracle on ice was was the most emotionally like as an as an American and as an American hockey player it's so it's so emotionally charging um, and to, to me and also to be fair and I actually respect everything that James said and I think that that's those are perfect points I hate basketball so that doesn't really help me um, and um, so uh, although I do I do enjoy watching basketball I will I will I will put you know put it watch a gold medal game 100% um, especially if the United States is in it um, watching those guys go against the best and against teams that are against players that are clearly giving us a run for our money is very exciting because it shows that the the it's not just becoming an an American sport it's 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 a worldwide sport um, but hockey takes the cake just simply because I, I, I eat, sleep and breathe the sport. So, Yeah. I mean, I, I have to agree with uh, trading here, James. Uh, like I said, I apologize, but um, it, it, it really does come down to the point you made James, like which sport do you like better period? Like, you know, it's, I'd be, I'd be curious to have someone who had like, who like really liked both basketball and hockey to see. What Alex would be the was. one to ask. Yeah. I think Alex might be the, uh, the person to ask, but um I just personally like the game of hockey just better than basketball overall. So I think when I'm, if I'm choosing, I'm going to choose hockey. Um, both of you guys make great points. I think, you know, I think watching team USA in basketball is amazing. And when you get all the greatest NBA players playing on the same team, it's amazing to watch. Like we've seen so many great teams in the Olympics and, it, and it's awesome. Um, I just feel like overall, like if team USA puts together their best team, I don't think any other country world can touch them versus like, um, I think even with hockey, if you have, I think there's kind of like 
trade when you go there's like there's like four countries that are like the powerhouse like it's like canada usa finland sweden right if if, if those four put together their russia is there now russia if those, if those four or five teams put together their best team like any one of those guys any one of those countries can win i think it's just that the top dogs are more competitive than the top dogs in basketball in my opinion I think basketball is getting better for sure. I, I agree with you, James. Like recently, it's definitely got way more competitive. You got way more countries that I think are being way more have a much better shot at taking down Team USA. Um, so it's definitely getting better, which is great. I think that's the you know diversity around the world in team sports is super super important and super fun. It's super fun to watch. So we definitely want that to happen. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it comes down to which sport do you like find more entertaining. And like when you have the best in the world all playing um, for your country, like it doesn't get better than that. So. I'm not have to go with hockey on this one. So I, I think the, 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 the moral of the story behind this segment is James, you need to start watching the winter Olympics. And I think we'll have this debate again afterwards and see if you change your mind. Any of it. I um, made some pretty good points with the but, summer Olympic ones before, before you, you, we, we move off of this. Um, there is one sport that I will be not an, an American fan going for the American in this particular sport. And it is bobsleigh. Jamaicans are going back to going, Fuck coming yeah. back to the, uh, cool the runnings, they're, they're keeping the cool runnings uh, um, going and even better. Jamaica is sending an Alpine skier to the, to oh, Beijing. Love that. that is just amazing. Um, so I, I really, I, I'm going to be a huge fan of the Jamaican bobsleigh team and the Alpine skier um, that is going um, talk about, talk about, um, the color, uh, breaking the color barrier. That is, yeah. that's excellent. Um, you guys have not seen the movie cool runnings. Oh my God. Fucking go watch cool. Runnings. Watch it. Top five best sports movies ever. In my opinion. Uh, have you seen it, James? No, I haven't. So, okay. so the story back, I think it was like 1980, it would have been in Calgary. So 1988, I believe, um, the, these four individuals that were supposed to, uh, qualify for the hundred meter dash in the summer, um, there was a kind of a controversy and none of them were able to compete. So a, 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 you know, coach that kind of was pushed out of the, uh, out of the, um, out of the sport from United States, you know, f- found these four dudes, amazing runners, amazing hundred meter, uh, runners and taught them how to do bobsled. And they, they formed a team and they qualified for the Olympics and actually, um, to even qualify was, was the story, but they actually did pretty well. They didn't medal, but they competed, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. Great, it's, great, a, it's a Disney story. movie. It's, it's, it's one of those Disney, Disney movie. sports movies. It's a really funny movie. It's 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 a great family movie. Great vibe, and it's based on a true story. So it's it's mm-hmm. a very, just a very very great movie all around. Um, definitely should watch it. It's probably on Disney Plus if you guys have Disney Plus. So um, definitely check out Cool Runnings, and we're get Cool Runnings round two in the in the 2022 Winter Olympics. So I'm really excited for the for the Winter Olympics to start next week. Hopefully you guys are too. Um, it's always a fun exciting time, but. That's going to wrap up uh, episode 82 here of TLDR podcast. Once again, for those of you guys listening, your support and your comments mean so much. Um, We really, really appreciate it. Uh, It's great to see this podcast keep going. 82 82 episodes strong. Hopefully we got at least 82 left more in us. Uh, So we hope you guys have a fantastic week. Let us know what you guys think. Share it with your friends uh, and just have an amazing day, amazing week. And we'll see you next week for episode 83.